Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. Isaiah 64, verse 8. Third part in our series on expectation. If, uh, if you didn't get a chance to grab one of the cards for the Christmas tree for the people at Melrose and uh, Jennifer Lane, I've got those. You can see me after service. And if you're here visiting today, I want to let you know, just, just put you on notice that you're at one of the nicest, sweetest, kindest churches in Finley. That's not butter in your bread. That's the truth. So we're so happy you're here. Make sure you fill out one of the visitor cards that are right in front of you so that we can get back with you and get in touch with you and, and bless you. Amen? Amen. So just a little review. If you've, uh, if you've been tracking with us on expectation, we know that expectation is the power of faith that connects us with a God that is already moving. Expectation doesn't make God move. God's already moving. He's already moving on your behalf. He's already blessed you. He doesn't, it's not like Santa. He doesn't put his elves to work just to get you whatever you got on your Christmas list because you've been naughty or nice. Listen, he's already blessed you. And those blessings are already there. They're the promises of God, but you have got to learn to increase your expectation. If your expectation is low, you'll miss the great things and the good things of God that are yours. And we talked about that a little bit. We talked about how we need to go higher in our expectation. If you remember, we seen the guy that it was at the gate beautiful. And when Peter reaches out to him, he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, rise and walk. In other words, he wasn't healed in the same position that he was lame. Your expectation has to increase in position. It has to go higher. When Mary was expecting Jesus Christ, the Bible says that she went up to the hill country higher to get around a lady by the name of Elizabeth, who had been pregnant five months or more prior to her expectation. So if you want to expect in a higher degree, get around higher degree people. Get around people that are already what? I'm scared to answer, Pastor. Got to get around people that are already expecting higher and get in a higher place. Then the last part is we talked about how we need to prepare. And actually, uh, preparation is the proof of expectation. We have a job to do. We don't just wait for our ship to come in. We build our ship in faith. We're proactive in faith, believing God promises are ours today. So we do now what we'd be forced to do later if God answered our prayer, because He has. And so simply this, either we build our ship or swim out to it. Either way, preparation is key for expectation. Now let me tell you, heaven expects you. Because Jesus said, I go to prepare. This, this is something God does. I'm not asking you to do something that's any different. This is the nature of God. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am... There you may be also. Have you ever looked at heaven that way? When, when you get to heaven, heaven will not be surprised. Heaven will go, we've been expecting you. We've been expecting you. 
Now this morning, I want to give you the last part because there's a little trick of the enemy that says that when pain comes, or when a bump on the head comes, when the lumps and the bumps come in life, we want to knock off our persistence. We want to give up our persistence. We want to give up our patience. We want to get thrown off the wheel. And I want to tell you this morning, if you'll be persistent, if you'll remain, all you got to do is grow where you planted. All you got to do is dance with the one that brung you. All you got to do is stay. Stay in that marriage. Stay in that church. Stay in that covenant. Stay in that ministry. Man, I'm preaching to myself this morning. It's not complicated. Here's the thing. When we should be rooted, we are in a culture of tumbleweeds. You don't know what that is. You've never seen a Western. You can't have Clint Eastwood come out without a tumbleweed first going. These are unrooted people. They're, they just, they're blown with the wind. They've never laid down any roots. And they wonder why their marriage won't work, why their family won't work, why the church don't work, why the country won't work. Put your roots down and stay. Remain, even though it's painful. And those bumps to turn into blessings, come on. All right, how about some text? Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. Who is he? He's daddy, man. He's Abba. He's Papa. Of all the, all the ways that God could have self-disclosed himself, he chose the word Father to protect you, to provide for you, to bless you, but also to prepare you on the wheel. Watch this. We are the clay. The first man was named Adam. Adam means red dirt. That means clay. You are not finished. God is still forming you. God is still shaping you. God is dealing with the lumps and the bumps. God is forming and shaping and bringing you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. You have not arrived. And as soon as you think you do, here comes another bump. Watch this. It says, we are the clay and you are the potter. In other words, I'm not in charge of my life. I don't belong to me. I gave up that when I gave my heart to you. Fully consecrated. And it says, we are all the work of your hand. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand the promises of Philippians chapter 1, verse 8, where it simply says, He that has begun a good work in me, he will perform it unto the end, even until the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. We trust you, God. Keep working on me. I'm a work in progress, praise the Lord, and I know I can trust you to finish me. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. When I was a kid, there was a couple of things that I really enjoyed. Uh, first was, there was, this, uh, there was this thing you could get from, I think it was like Hasbro or Mattel, but it was called the sit and spin. Come on, come on, catch this. Sit and spin, sit and spin, we all love to sit and spin. And all you do is sit on this thing and go like this. You didn't go anywhere. And somehow that was entertaining. I mean, for years. Until I got too big and cracked it, you know? Now today we got video games. We got a, I was burning calories, man. Remember sit and spins? Uh, sit, 
40 years later, almost 50 years later, I'm still on the sit and spin. He is, he is the potter, I am the clay. And there are times, I've got to confess to you, where I feel like my life is going nowhere. Where I feel like it's just one more trip around the sun. This isn't adding up to anything. This isn't making anything any better. Lord, if you were going to do it, you would have done it by now. And I haven't seen it yet, Lord, so I must be just going in circles. Just stay on the wheel. Just stay on the wheel. God's not done yet. God's not done yet. Let me, let me see who I can get here. Real, real quick. Uh, Brother Pete, come, come. Quickly, Tim, come. Uh, Kenny B, come on. Come on up here. Quick, 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 quick. Everybody give him a hand. All right. You go over here and you face that way. And, and you, you're, you're right here, sir. And Kenny B, stay right there. Stay way back in the back of the bus. Okay, good, good. Here's where I'm at today. And I'm thinking, Lord, where I really want to be is over there. And it's been years. I feel like I'm just going around in a circle. And I really love you, but my wife, my wife is over there. And my life doesn't surround you. But here we go. Okay. And I just, I want to be over there. And it seems like I'm getting nowhere. It seems like my life isn't improving. The things I've trusted you for just seem like another trip around the sun. But let me tell you, we start measuring the distance between here and here. And we think, that's where I want to be. And this is where I'm at. And the devil would have you to forget. Look at how far you've come. Look at, look at where you came from. You represent a dark past in my life, Kenny B. And you represent how great things are going right now, Tim. But this is where God has taken me. Look at this fine young man. What a specimen. I mean that plutonically. I will fix your collar, though, sir. Even better. Give him a hand. Bless him. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you, you bet. I'm here for you, whatever you need. We think, we think nothing's ever happening, but from a God's eye view, he sees that we are being formed. Amen. We are being changed. That things are working out. But you're a work in progress. And if you don't review some of the things and take inventory of some of the things that God has already done, you'll think life is going nowhere. And that's not true. That's not true. If you bumped into yourself from the past, you'd go, oh, my lanta. I thank God I'm not that person anymore. God is changing you. God will have the victory. And the good work that he performs in you, he will perform until the end. So as I think about being the clay and submitting to my God and remaining on the wheel, there's no person in, 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 in probably in history that better... I'm a little bit weird, okay, if you haven't figured that out. But for me, the best way to explain this, and I'm going to be showing my age. Some of you aren't old enough to know this, but just stay with me. We'll get there. We'll get there. It, the person that I need to be is Gumby. Do you remember Gumby? Give me a picture up here so everybody can see. Do you remember Gumby? You, come on now. There he is. I want to look like him, act like him. Now, I'm going to tell you the honest God truth. I, I searched for a Gumby suit to wear for this message, and they don't make them big enough. See how skinny he is and thin? They do make them, just not in my size. You know? I guess I could have been pokey, but we got we to draw our limits somewhere. 
So anyway, as I think about Gumby, I think about his story, there was a man by the name of Art Clokey. Art Clokey was a Christian man. He first brought Gumby on the Dinah Shore show. That's taking me way back. Yeah, real black and white on this one, folks. And on the Dinah Shore show, this spun off into the Gumby show. And then later, Gumby got Pokey, and then Pokey uh, was joined by the Blockheads. Remember the Blockheads? Now, you want to be a Gumby, not the blockhead. Hello? Yeah. You, you, you want to be flexible, moldable, stretchable. You want to be changeable. You don't want to be rigid. You don't want to be hard-hearted. You don't want to have this attitude like you've arrived. You are a lifelong learner in the name of Jesus. That's why God says the only people making it into heaven are kids. Doesn't matter if they're 50, 60, 70 year old. Be a child. Learn. Grow, be flexible, moldable. So Cloakey, he came up with this idea for Gumby. And it was just simple as this. Claymation just came out. And if you know how claymation, clay animation works, is they would form this, this little clay Gumby just a little bit. They'd take a shot. And that'd be just one screen. And then for the next screen, Gumby's, uh, Gumby's leg and his arm would move just a little bit, and they'd take a shot. Come on. So it was one picture one scream, painstakingly at a time. And what you and I forget is, is we get our lives trapped into just one scene, one picture. And we don't see that we're really moving. We, don't, we forget the fact that God is really taking us somewhere. Come on, I can even, I can even do the robot. Come on. I got skills. To pay the bills. So... <laughs> so we, we live our lives into just one scene and we think, well, well God, nothing's happening. And God say, oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. I see the whole movie. I see the whole, I see the whole episode. Your life is moving forward. Your life is being blessed. But you've got to stay on the wheel. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be patient, even in pain. And that is how expectation changes you so that you're not only blessed through the bumps and the lumps, but you become a blessing to somewhere else. God is changing you and molding you and shaping you. And he's using the circumstances of life to do it. Now, in this particular verse of scripture, we'll find the same thing in Jeremiah. And we also find this same principle in the book of Romans. It says again and again, that God is the potter and we are the clay. There is this theological concept. Let's not go too far with it because everything needs balance. Come on. Right? Come on, pastor. Even a balanced diet for you. Balance. This speaks of God's sovereignty. In other words, he is in control. He is even using bad circumstances. He's even using lumps and bumps to get us to where we need to be, blessed in our family, blessed in our marriage, blessed out in the workplace, uh, in the marketplace, blessed in our church. But understand this, he'll even use the potholes, the bumps and the lumps. That's why when we get to the book of Romans and we read this about our God, that God uses all things to work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does it say some things? Does it say good things? All things. 
doesn't say all things are good. It says that God uses all things for the good. So even, even that doctor's note or that report or that situation at work or what's happening in your neighborhood, even, what, even that time you went to that restaurant and you didn't get what you ordered, maybe, just maybe, you got the salad instead of the burger because God's trying to tell you something. Maybe you got stopped by the train because God knew there was an accident five miles up ahead that you would be in. And so he held you up on the wheel. And you look at this and you say, what a bump. What a lump. You know where I've got to be and I'm going to be late now. And from God's point of view, he says, I just saved your life, blockhead. Right? I'm trying to tell you this morning. Now, where did Gumby get his lump? Gumby was made by Art Clokey, and Art Clokey's dad would style his hair with Brill Cream. Brill Cream, just a dab of do ya. Come on. Can you tell I was a latchkey kid? Can you, can you tell that, like, I, just, I was just sat in front of a television for, like, no. So he used to shape it. His dad's head used to be shaped in a certain way to where it looked like he had a lump head. And later, everybody said, why does Gumby have a lump? And he kept saying, well, it's in honor of my dad. But then later on, people were saying, well, it looked like he got kicked by a horse. So that's how we got Pokey. Pokey never actually kicked Gumby in the head, but it became a joke. We'll go ahead and build the whole cartoon series that way. Later on, this guy, Art Clokey, comes up with a brand new way to reach people, and it's called David and Goliath. Come on, you remember David and Goliath? Come on, man, I'd get you saved. Because every episode, hey, that was for the Lutheran church. That's when the Lutheran church was hot. Yeah. And so every David and Goliath episode, if you remember, little little Goliath was a dog, and and little Goliath would look up and go, Oh, Davy. And he'd shake his head, Davy, no. And that represented God saying, don't do that. Don't go that way. Make the right decision. And so God looks at us and he says, hey, listen, I've got to put a a loving, reliable dog moment in your life that says, look, oh, blockhead, don't do that. I want to show you. I want to teach you. I want to mold you. I want to change you. I want to shape you. I want to take every bump and turn it into a blessing how does God do that how does he do that I want to show you that it's not easy being a soft-hearted person in fact it's really really hard to not be hard we live in a world today where circumstances want to make me hard listen and I'm just like you I go through the same things things happen and and inevitably I let them get down into my spirit and down into my heart and after a while I start getting hard right I start getting mean, and I start getting nasty, and then my wife gives me a whipping, and then I make it out somehow. No, there's been times where my wife's come up to me, and she said, you know, listen, being mean and tough is not God's way. You know, sweeten up. Put a little sugar in the tea, baby. You know? And listen, it's hard for us to do that kind of review in our own life because we don't know it. We just think... Well, this happened to me and I got my reasons and this, this, I'm going through this and I got my reason. But really what's happening is, is I'm departing from the wheel. 
What's happening is, is the bump or the lump that came in my life has caused me to get off the wheel and I'm no longer moldable. I'm no longer shapeable. I'm no longer allowing God to change me. I'm being hard-hearted. What's the difference? You know, when your heart isn't open, it's hard. You ever see a cement truck come through your neighborhood? I used to, I used to do, I used to work for guys and we'd lay cement. Boy, you have to be buff and tough to get that. And listen, when that truck comes, it's fast work. You better get that shovel out quick and you got to get those floats going quick. Am I talking to anybody in here that knows how to work? Okay. Well, that, that cement truck that comes, it's constantly turning. If it ever stops, we got a problem. Hello? And that problem is, is that cement that sets up and gets hard. And some people are like a cement truck. They're all mixed up. Come on. They're all mixed up and set like cement. Their minds, their hearts are hard. If you ever stop and allow God to stop moving in your life and, and dealing with your heart, you'll be like a concrete person. Somebody who's all mixed up and per permanently set. Don't be that person. Your heart is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Okay, I pulled one out, didn't I? That's a, that, good, good. Let me know. Email that one to me. So how do we stay on the wheel? Here's a couple of, here's just a couple of movements here for you. First is this, don't resist brokenness. That, that's the thing. When brokenness comes, it, 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 it almost seems like this is the devil. But let me tell you something. Really, when brokenness comes, God's never closer. God's never closer than when you're broken. And, and, and I love the scripture in the Psalms. David gets it right. He says, the Lord is nigh unto them who are broken heart. So, so, so when you have a broken heart, you think, well, God's far. But the reality is this, it's opposite. The truth from God's word is simply this, that when you have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, God is never closer. God is right there with you. He says, and he saves such as to be a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You want to know if you're doing the right thing? Affliction. Right? It says, but God delivers us. Come on. He keeps all of his bones. Woo! And not one is truly broken. This is kind of a messianic prophecy. It's speaking of the cross as well, but it's also talking about God's people. In your body right now, and this is a cool thing. I know, I know it's probably hard for you to, to realize, but in your body you have bones, and there's osteoclasts. These are, this is a, a, a morphic process inside your body where your bones are, are constantly being broken, and being reshaped and built up. Being broken and being reshaped. That's how come you're still here. As soon as that cuts out, you're not going to be upright. In other words, it's a process of brokenness that gives you the strength to stand. Think about that. And think about if you've ever had a broken bone before. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. The, most, most people say that biologically, a bone will never break in the same place because where it was broken before is now stronger than ever. God just wants to make you strong. God wants to make you into a person that stands upright, even under the worst pressure, and remains until the blessing comes. And so what God has to do is He has to allow little mini fractures. And we look at those things and we say, that, that's got to be the devil. In, in fact, let me tell you this. Often I'm finding myself, my own self, in moments of prayer where I'm praying off of me the very brokenness that God wants me to have. 
Because it's just not the condition I wanted. When the reality is this, I'm the clay, not the potter. That's his call. Can I, can I say this to you and be your little friend? It's none of your business what you're going through. It's his. One amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We just don't like amen in some of this stuff, man. Truth shouldn't hurt, lest it should. You know, you throw a stone into a, a pack of wolves, and the one that yelps is the one that got hit. Uh, it's true. <laughs> Pastor, you're preaching too hard. You go through a time of brokenness, though, and you really need encouragement. And that's where the body, the rest of the body comes in. We send, we send the nutrients, we send the life, we send the love, we send the support. We're here for you. That's why, you know, you got, sorry, sister, but I got to use these. That's why you got this, you know, you got your crutches. And I didn't plan on using these, but I'm going to use them right now. They're not exactly for me, but you got the crutches and you're able to lean on the rest of the body of Christ. God doesn't want you broken and forgotten. God doesn't want you broken and unblessed and unencouraged. God wants you broken, but he surrounds you with the life and the encouragement from his body so that when you heal, you're even stronger than you were before. Stay on the wheel. Stay on the sit and spin. You're going to make it. You're progressing. Second is this. Don't resist his shaping and molding. Be fully present. Can, can I tell you that the, the, that the greatest investment in life, your greatest seed that you'll ever sow is your presence. Full presence. Be fully present in your marriage, not half. Full. That means when your wife's talking to you, turn the TV off. Because you cannot be, guys, you can't do it. You cannot listen to your wife and watch the TV at the same time. And if you can do it, come see me. I want to know how you do it. Because I'm not, I can't do it. I just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know what ends up happening to me? I end up signing up for all kinds of things I never knew I was signing up for. Be fully present. Be fully present at church. Be fully present. This is the greatest seed you'll ever sow. You say, no, it's my money or it's whatever. No, no, it's your life. Be fully present. Put yourself fully into something, fully consecrated. Give God your all. Even though it's not enough, God wants it still. You say, well, I got to get cleaned up first. Don't do that. You want to take a shower? Jump in. You know how to get started? Jump in. Come on. So give God your all. Even though it's limited, it's not enough, that, that's not important. What's important is, is that you be fully present. Even though it's painful, even though it hurts, let God begin to mold you and shape you. Even in your decisions. A guy by the name of John Maxwell said this. There are only a few major, major decisions you'll make in your life. And you'll spend the rest of your life managing those decisions. Just a couple. We think there's a whole bunch of big... No, not really. Who you marry, that's a biggie. Uh, what you name your kids and what you speak over them, that's a biggie. Uh, what church you decide to go... Hey, listen, are they preaching God's word? L listen, I don't care about the show. Come on now. You want to see the show, we got a cinema right now. It's AMC. People are there for that. Are they teaching God's word? Hey, listen, where you decide, where you decide to invest yourself fully 
are the major decisions. And you'll spend the rest of your life managing what you decided. But I want to add to it this way. I want you to, to understand this. Make your decisions soft decisions, not hard decisions. When you go to make a decision, allow God to use you and make you and mold you and shape you. Remain pliable even though you made that decision. So, so the first thing that I, I learned in marriage when I, when, I, when I said to my wife, I want you to marry me, is that I learned that for the rest of my life, I need to be moldable, shapeable, and I need to be changeable in the hands of God so that I can be the kind of husband God ha has me to be for her. Amen. I don't get all hard and say, now be the kind of woman that God wants you to be for me. Listen, that's none of my business. What I teach you. I say to God, listen, I'm on the wheel. What, change me, shape me, mold me into the kind of person God wants you to be for her. Listen, I need to do this as a pastor. There's things about me that I get kind of hard about because I like to do things. But if it ain't working, then God wants to change it and make it a soft decision. Keep your heart soft. Keep your spirit sweet. Let God change what he wants. We're all hard Americans driving Ford trucks with gun racks. You ain't going to change anything about me. Got a big old rebel flag on the back driving down Main Street. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. Really? Really? Wait till the doctor says what he says. You'll get moldable real quick. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the midst of a situation where somebody has been hard for too long in a decision they made. And all they had to do was just be, a, just give a little. And God would give the rest. And they had an unwilling heart, an unchangeable heart. Don't resist his shaping and molding. Stayed on the wheel. And, then, and the last one is this simply. Stay and obey. Because if you'll stay and obey, the bump becomes a blessing. The bump becomes a blessing. You know, you, you look at Joseph's life. He was blessed. Second ruler in the nation. But, but you got to know, you got to tell the rest of the story. <laughs> History is his story. There's more to it than that. You know he was sold off as a slave. You know he was thrown in the pit. You know that he ended up in Potiphar's house. You, you know that he was accused of something he didn't do. He ended up back in a dungeon. You know this. He went from pit to pinnacle. How? Because he stayed on the wheel. And God took a bump and made it a blessing. You may have more than one bump in the road. And listen, every time there's a bump, I'm here to tell you, you may go need to get your alignment checked. Because your tires will wear out. And you come into church and you come around other believers and you just, it's just like going into the chiropractor. Come on, this is what it's like. And you, you lean over that crazy chair, put your face in there, and he says, breathe out, and you know what's coming next. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. And you get an adjustment. And then afterwards, you're like, man, it's a holiday miracle. I feel like a brand new man, right? But all the way up to it, you're like, man, I don't want to go. I know what's going to happen. Stay close and obey and let God begin to adjust you. Let God begin to shape you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into a furnace. That was a bump. Came out of that furnace. We know who God is now. You think about these people, man. How about Daniel? We know the same story in Daniel. It was the same way. Thrown into a lion's den. Comes out. You're God's God. Stay and obey. Persist. Say it with me. Persist. Be patient, even in the midst of pain. God is changing you. God is growing you. Stay on the wheel. And as long as you stay on the wheel, let me tell you, it's going to spin more, more swiftly. I'll be 50 years old next year. You know what that means? 
Oh, I get to party now? I heard it from you. It just seems like to me, it, I get to say this. I get to say this now. Because if I'd have said it 10 years ago, you would have been like, oh, you're just a pup. And some of you are saying that now. Thank you. But here's the deal. It just seems like life is getting faster. It's a blur. I, 31 years ago, it seems like I was just starting in ministry. And I was raising my kids and I was just getting started. And, and for some of you that are young, I know right now it seems like, yeah, I'm on the wheel with my kids. I'm not getting any sleep and everybody's fighting. Husband's leaving the toilet seat up and the cap off the toothpaste and never takes out the trash. When will this ever end? It will, it will go by so fast. It'll make your head spin. It will. Stay on the wheel. Because the wheel gets faster. And listen, you have an appointment with God. The Hebrews tells us it's appointed for each of us once to die. Then the judgment. You have an appointment. And let God take you off the wheel. Stay on the wheel till then. Even though it starts to spin even more. Just stay. Just stay. Just stay. I've seen people, the smallest little things, they've said there is no God because of the, the most ridiculous small things happen in their life. They walk away from God and they walk away from the wheel. Don't do it. Don't let the devil knock you off center. You know, my daughter, she's, a, she's an art teacher in Japan. I got to, I got to go with her uh, into one of the art studios one time, and my wife and I got to learn how to do some pottery. And uh, she showed us how the wheel works and, and how to make some pottery. And like, my wife's look good, my son's look good, my other daughters look good. Boy, all their stuff look good. My, mine somehow went this way, and, and it, it, I don't know what you'd use what I made for. It was a disaster. But my daughter came along and she said, Dad, what you need to understand is, is that the wheel has to be centered. It's not how big you make it, because I wanted, you know, I wanted to do the whole, you know, <laughs> big, biggest pottery is the one that wins. But, but it's not how big you make it, Dad. It's how, how, how much it's centered on the wheel. Center your life on Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, well, he's first in my life. Listen, if he's just first in your life, you can have a close second. Make him the center of every priority, everything of your life. Make him the central person of your life. And as life begins to spin you, just get centered more. Just get centered more. Stay in Christ. And you'll make it to all the blessings and all the promises. Listen, the promises of God are yes already. And the amen is you. Stay centered. Amen, Lord. Amen, Lord. Right? I'm already kind of dizzy. Showing my age. Stay and obey. And as the wheel starts to spin more and more, just know that God has a shape for you and that he's going to get you where he promised and he intended. Let me tell you about my first bump as I close. My first bump. And I'm going to do it kind of like, uh, I'm going to tell it in a story form, okay? I'm going to do the best that I can. I was four years old. And at this moment in my life, I believed that I was King Baby. King Baby. I sat at the, the highest and the largest chair in the kitchen. Bring me food. And people would come and feed me and serve me. People, life revolved around me. Everything that I saw in my home, my parents, their sole purpose was to make me happy. 
The whole home existed for me. It was all about me. And I loved it. I thought it was great. One day, it was raining outside of our home. And I ran out the door and my mother said, don't go out. You don't have your shoes on. Still do this to this day. My wife even said, I'll go get the car out of the parking lot. And people around here is like, man, that pastor at that church is a weirdo. But I'll go all the way across the parking lot, everything else, you know, dead of winter, no shoes. She says, don't go outside, it's raining, you don't have your shoes on. And I thought to myself, I'm King Baby. Don't you know who I am? I do what I want. Life up to this point has been whatever I want to do with my life. So I ran out the door, and I heard the worst most hateful, evil word that I've ever heard in my existence up to that point. No. From my mother. What does she know? She don't know anything. She exists from, hey, I'm not hungry right now, and I don't need you to deal with any of that right now, so, hey, butt out. So I go running out the door. I go running around the front of the driveway, and I end up where I parked my bike, where I had been told to put my bike away. And I had one of those little tricycle bikes with the wheels on the side. And I slipped on the grass, and I came down, and I took the, it took the flesh off the front of my forehead, and it peeled it all the way back. And as I was knocked out, I didn't see angels or anything else. I wake up where I think is heaven. It's so bright. I had this... I had this life after death experience only the people in heaven wear masks boy heaven's a strange place <laughs> and there's a really bright light and they're all speaking under masks and one of them's got this got this pair of steel something and they're running something through my head and boy that doesn't feel so good 12 stitches later i learn that i'm not in charge. I got a bump. And it was my first lesson in a lifetime of lessons that I'm not the king. And King Baby needs to get off his throne. Or he's going to get more bumps. Come on. Don't get mad at God for a bump. Now, we look at the sovereignty of God and we say, why did God allow me to do that in the first place? If he's sovereign and in complete control, why would he allow me to go outside the door? Even when he said no, why wouldn't he stop me from going? He can control all those circumstances. And I'll tell you why. Because he wants you to learn. He wants you to learn to obey. So he says, don't go out and you say, well, I'll do it anyway. You go out, you get a big old bump, you come back and you learn you're not the king. Amen. I'm not in charge. And it's better when He is. Life is better when He is. Life is better when I obey. Life gets better and better and better when I obey. And all your pastor is simply telling you this. All of the things you expect from God's Word, you will see. But if you get off the, wor- off the wheel, you'll never get them from the Word. They're yours. Stay on the wheel. Stand with me in prayer.